Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Alright, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. Josh, when are we actually starting the podcast? That wasn't the intro. <laughs> that wasn't the intro. Josh claims he had a really work this week and he couldn't do the yeah, intro. That was the intro this week. I'm sorry, guys. That's all I You're got. You're lucky I like the song so much. Yeah, the song is good. The song is good. For people that are tuning in, this is episode five. Episode five. I mean, I haven't stayed this long for a diet, let alone a podcast. This is incredible. It is. You definitely haven't for okay, a diet. Enough. Thank you. We for don't. people that haven't listened to the Sims and Lefko podcast before, I am Adam Lefko. You... I am Christopher David Sims. Christopher David Sims. Uh, we work at Bleacher Report. It's been amazing. I can't believe we've had Phil we, Sims. We've had Matt Sims. We've had Mike Vick, Brandon Marshall. Got a- I, I got a little thing, too. I think we got to watch out. We might be like the Madden curse right now. You think we're cursed? I mean, I Vick, thought about Vick it. I didn't played, want to say anything. He got benched. Brandon Marshall played. He breaks his lungs. I think he collapsed us. <laughs> Whatever, you know. All those thing. bones in the lungs have been uh, issues. Oh, geez. Yeah, but-, but hopefully our guest today is, hopefully not, our guest today is Jonathan Vilma, former linebacker for the New York Jets, uh, the New Orleans Saints, and he actually does videos with you and me about twice a week. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. And He uh, went to the U. Awesome. That's exactly it. Maybe I want to talk so much U stories. Ever. Right. Oh, I want to hear about Frank Gore. I want to hear about Andre Johnson. I want to hear about all those teams. Man. Freak, freak show. And I'm going to bring up Bounty Gate a few times and see if he catches on. I'd like that. Yeah, I mean, come on, we're over it. Like, yeah. I, I root for the Eagles. They had Bounty Bowl. Like, we're good. Plus, I mean, we know he'll take a few free shots at Roger Cradell, so that's always fun. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. That's what the Simpsons Left Go podcast is. A uh, few rules, two rules to be exact. Uh, every podcast, I drink a beer. Bud Light you're drinking today? Bood light. Bood light. I don't know what it Today's is. Today's a special occasion. Why? Josh is having a beer with me today. Josh, his is in a plastic cup. You know what else makes today special? What? The fact that the Seattle Seahawks whooped that Philadelphia Eagle ass. There's my swear. Ass on Sunday. Because they whooped that ass. And uh, I'd like to let Bruce Lefko know. Hey, Bruce, Adam's dad, I know you're listening uh, I'm really mad we didn't get a bet or a Ooh. wager out because I wanted to bet. I just lost track. I have a you feeling you could be eating raw eggs right now. Like I Rocky. have a feeling that this is your week to make a huge bet. 
rematch Eagles Dallas. I mean, he'll bet a lot. Uh, yeah, but of yeah. Course. So hold on, let me get to my second rule. The second rule, which you've just jumped in on, is ass a curse word. I think I think you're good with that. To you're gonna honest. have to look that up afterwards. All right, I'll, I'll check that. Yeah, that, I mean, it's not. In which to case, me. I might have just burned mine as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the rule is, you only get one curse word per, per podcast. When you use it, you must announce it, and then we will celebrate it. So if that was. Bad job by me on celebrating, but you know, I don't. I don't know if I was a See, that's a celebration. Scene. I like that. Um, and I would say for the first two weeks we've been doing this, I swept you in picks, right? And you swept me so hard. Oh, Seattle over Eagles wasn't even a game, right? And then Kansas City blew it because Alex Smith cannot throw two feet in a straight line if there's anyone in a mile radius. And I He's screwed afraid. that up. I screwed that up. Yeah, you're very right with that. Uh, yes, uh, assessment of Alex Thanks. Smith. Good work. But I, uh, I did screw that up too because in my Bleacher Report picks, I picked Kansas City, but I forgot, I mm. guess, and I picked Arizona yeah, on our podcast. Chris is not one of those other guys that changes the pick based on where he's making his picks. No, that was embarrassing. You should never do that. Again. I know. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. Yes, my picks are the same no matter where you see me. It's hard line. Yeah. All right. It is Adam Lefko 2, Chris Sims 1 in the pick segment. And last week we had a lot of fun. And we said, okay, who is the spirit animal of J.J. Watt? And we both said rhinoceros. Andrew Luck, some form of larger monkey, maybe an orangutan. Um I know that Vilma's calling, and that's okay. We're going to put him on hold because that's what we can do here. I need you to tell me. You asked on Twitter on the Sim- – what's the Sims and Lefko Twitter? At Sims and Lefko, surprisingly. That's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have guessed? good. Uh, we asked the fans this week, Chris, what Chris Sims' spirit animal would be uh, on Twitter. And we, yeah. got a, we got a couple responses, not many. We're going to need music. Everything that we do needs oh, music. You're asking me to do a lot right now. Read tweets and play music at the same time. Hey, man, apparently you're the hardest working man in this office. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. All right, let's see here. Is you feeling a little game show music? You're one of the yeah. more Actually, under, I think I got a tweet music. Underpaid okay, guys. tweet music. All right, Paul Abdul. All right, so the question <laughs> this was... This is great tweet music. Who is Chris Sims' spirit animal? Let me go back to my Twitter page over here. How dare you do this behind my back? You uh, have no every, idea? Everything I no, do is behind I don't. my back. I can't pay attention to all this. I'm barely glad I get here to sit down and do the podcast. It's very true. So, I'm a little angry. I'd like to watch some film right now. The first response we got from at Denise Gartner, golden retriever, always nice to look at, deceptively smart. Ooh. <laughs> What's her name? I like her. Denise Underhanded Gartner. compliment. Deceptively I love Denise. Smart. Yes. Uh, next one from In the Bleacher Report office, Adam Birdstein. Ooh. Spirit animal is a cockatoo. <gasps> then he followed that up with another tweet. Recent research showed that some species, such as the cockatoo, were entirely left-handed. Wow. Wow. So now and I know you, where Your that... hair kind of looks like a cockatoo. <laughs> yes, I hear you. It does. Where is that Bernstein kid? I'd like to just give him the finger as he's looking in here yeah, right now. Yeah, float up there. No and one can see it. the last tweet we got from at Iceman Fantasy, spirit animal is definitely a hedgehog. I have no idea why. There's no explanation. Mm, a hedgehog. <laughs> Iceman said that? Yep. Hedgehog. Hedgehog. You got a little more speed than I do. I'm not, I don't know yeah. if I'm a hedgehog. So hold on. I started drinking a beer, and you, uh, you said you don't like beer. How can you be a man and not like beer? You know, uh, beer, for whatever reason, just sits in my stomach. That was my, always my issue with beer. More stomach stuff with yeah. Sims. It's all about food and stuff. With man, you, man, it just never never acted well with me. And then in college, when I would have heavy nights of drinking beer, man, did I feel bad the, the next day. I mean, I would be so hungover, throwing up to like 3 in the afternoon. 
so really? I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what it is. I, I've been told I'm allergic to yeast, which Ooh. I know there's a lot of yeast in that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Speaking of yeast, I want to hear your Nick Carter story later. <laughs> and we're going to hear that. We're going to get Vilma on the line in a second. But you have a story with the guy from Backstreet Boys. It, it, it's, Dude, it, your life is so weird, man. Well, it's not, it, well, you it look can, like Nick Carter. It can be all. random. Uh, it really, I don't, it's not even a great story, so don't get the hopes up, everybody. But, all right, well, then tell it now Yeah, I we're will. still waiting for Vilma. Yeah, sure. So, we, uh, I, of course, Dwight Smith was one of my best friends down there in Tampa Safety. Bay. Safety dude, slash corner. he looked corner. so hard. He had, like, the sleeves on both hands as a safety. Yes, he was. He was and he's a great dude. Two INTs for a touchdown at the end of that Raiders Super Bowl, if anybody out there remembers that. Uh, but he was one of my best friends. He, of course, knew everybody from all walks of life. He just was that kind of guy. And we, uh, we go out one night, and he's like, yeah, Nick, you know, Carter's meeting us out. Carter's meeting us out. And I'm like, what? the heck is he who's this carter guy i don't even jay-z sean carter it's not even registering with me and then we get to the club and uh this is in where this is in tampa tampa club and there he is he was there nick carter and he he was uh gosh i don't even remember i was uh very toasty at the time definitely a few drinks in and he was like a few bottles in i think but uh, we was, he par- was he a hard partier? hard partier one of the hardest partiers i've ever how seen how did girls react to him um he could be inconspicuous. Was this like in the Backstreet Days or a little bit no, after? No, this is a little bit after. So he's a little out of his prime, uh, maybe a hair overweight at this moment. It's like he finally got out and he just said, you know what, I'm going to take some time I'm to re- life yeah, live life live. and relax. And, and uh, yeah, he was a trip, man. That was the only night I got to experience it, but... My friend Dwight Smith, who could party with the best of them too, he Dwight always Dwight Smith to, partied with Backstreet Boys on a regular basis. Not a, well, Nick Carter. There was some connection there, and I just can't remember how they got hooked up. Whatever else, but yeah, there was you know once every few weeks he was like, oh yeah, I was out with Nick Carter last night, and I just be like, holy cow, are you kidding me? Who else is like the celebrities that hang out in Tampa Bay in the early two thousands? Ooh, that's uh, Johnny not, Damon. Johnny Damon was around a lot. He was from the area. Huge Bucks fan. Can we prank call Johnny Damon? Um, the show i know podcast. like jordan used to come down a you lot see how he avoided that no we can't that's johnny freaking damon yeah so let's let's prank call him let's next episode can we prank him okay fine yeah oh i don't know God. about that look and even if he answers and he says who's this we can hang up but if he answers he starts talking be like hey johnny what's going on chris sims remember like what's the worst that can happen <laughs> i know that i'm bringing it up now because it's going to take me a week to convince you to let it happen i saw tino martinez on the streets the other day which what? yes tino martinez which was awesome i went up and said i saw I phil jackson last week and today i'm walking downstairs the restaurant right downstairs red eye grill rosario dawson sitting right there in this right rosario there in the booth dawson yes she was pretty in person yeah yes sitting or standing she was sitting like literally right close to the window so she was very close to New where York i was City, walking man rosario dawson and Tino yeah. martinez yeah i wonder if they're hanging out <laughs> oh so who yeah who else were the big celebrities in tampa bay in the right. early 2000s that was about it uh not much no that was the yeah, i was that, gonna say what the heck is nick carter doing right well he's from that area again Uh-oh. so he i think he was grew up right outside of orlando uh, but no, nothing more than sports people. Where's Vilma? Is he late? <laughs> yeah, where is Vilma? Ah, uh, shocker. All right, so Vilma. What do you remember from Vilma when you were playing? Vilma, well, Vilma, of course, coming out, everybody knew Vilma was awesome coming out of Miami. Why? Uh, because he was a very integral part of maybe the best defense in college football, maybe the best teams in the history of college mm. football. He was a guy, too... 
a lot like a Patrick Willis where uh, the athleticism, of course, was all there. That was outstanding. But for a guy that was maybe only 235, 232, he was extremely physical and tough, especially in the hole. Man, Vilma could he could he hit harder than his size and measurables. He could really bring it. Really? Uh, yeah. And then the the shame the thing where I really get to know about Vilma is because we saw the same doctor in Toronto uh, that helped him with his knee issues. He basically had a degenerative knee, and uh, so I always heard a lot of stories about him. Mm. But he's one of those guys that you know really had the potential to be one of the greats of this era. Uh, really? You yeah, think he, he had that much potential? Yeah, I do. I think the injury, nobody will really ever know how good Jonathan Vilma was. He had a really good career mm. basically on you know one leg. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have him on, and he's going to be on in about 15 seconds. Coming up after this interview, I want to talk to you about Johnny Manziel. Yeah, cool. I just thought of it. It's just being announced. He's going to be starting on Sunday. Right. You knew really early on in the process. I did. I knew before Jay Glazer. I knew I know. before. And we're going to protect it. Yeah. I think, I think that's why you're a stand-up guy. Thanks. You're letting the cycle kind of be its way out. I mean, our bosses are kind of like, hey, let's break the news. <laughs> I understand. And now, Mr. Prompt, Mr. On Time, Mr. Prime Time, Mr. Miami Vice, Mr. New York Jets first-round pick, Mr. New Orleans Saints big-time contract, Mr. Brother Jimmy's, Mr. Jonathan Vilma. How are you, sir? No, I'm good. No, keep going. Keep going. I love all the hacker rage. Mr. Mr. Tight shirt having no style <laughs> wanting. I got nothing. That was good enough. His shirts aren't that tight anymore, though. I mean, he's not have nearly the muscle he used to. Mm. You know, So they're a little baggy when I see him do our videos now. Listen, you've heard my clap. You know when I've worked out. You know when I haven't worked out. I've been on it. I'm on my game. Uh, Vilma, we were just talking. We were just talking about uh, you at the U coming out and all the promise you showed. Chris was singing your praises about your physicality, despite not being too big at that linebacker position. And he was saying that. I mean, Vilma was was killing it. But he could have even been so much more if it weren't for that injury. Have you ever thought about how amazing your career could have been in terms of decorations uh, if that injury never would have happened? No, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. You know, the old, that old yep. cliche, that old Absolutely. thing. But I never wonder because when I went into the NFL and I got drafted, I set out, I had some goals. You know, some of my goals were to, ironically, one, play for 10 years in the league, which I accomplished. Um, I wanted to win the Super Bowl. I wanted to go to the Pro Bowl. So all of these things I did accomplish, I wish I would have gotten more Super Bowls, maybe a few more Pro Bowls, and it would have been a highly decorated career. But when I'm able to walk away and I look at the game right now and I watch it on TV, I, I miss it, but I don't miss it to that point where I can't, you know, I can't function. I enjoy watching the game. I reflect on the good times I have. And then – I, I can easily say, look, I got everything I wanted out of the NFL. It gave me everything I wanted. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. And, hey, the ride stopped, and it's fine. Oh, dude, you got a ring. It's good perspective. It's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it really is. Hey, uh, so I want to ask you, you know, of course, this is always a subject I like talking to you about, but just the you. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing when I want to talk about the you is – First of all, where do you think you guys rank as far as some of the all-time great teams? And when you one. were one, okay, one. one. So that really? answers that. And then that's what I want to know too. When you were there at the time, 
Do you do you think you guys realized how good you were and how many like pro bowlers you were? I know you think you're awesome, but did you realize that like, to that extent that you got Hall of Famers and all these pro bowlers just starting all on your 22? Well, to answer the, your first question, I say we're ranked number one. You look at that 2000 team because you put us statistically or look at us of how we did in the NFL. So how do you want to grade the quote-unquote best college team of all time? We rank in the top of all of them. So if we rank in the top of any type of category you want to list it as, then by all summation, we are the best teams that are played. When you look at how many players went to the NFL, how many players were productive in the NFL, if you look at our margin of victory, if you look at our wins, if you look at our talent, if you look at our personality, I mean, any which way you want to look at that team, we rank easily tops in any category. I feel like Bill was we're number one in the club before. Well, I, I, I mean, he's well, yeah, I'm sure he has had the conversation before. I yeah. think. I agree. I think it is the greatest team in the history of college football. I think it would solidify it in everybody's mind if they got that second national championship. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Don't tell me, me, tell me about that Ohio State game. Besides Hold on, before the, he does, before okay. he does, Vilma, we have a rule in the podcast because I have a feeling you're going to use it now that everyone on the podcast, no. <laughs> on, everyone on the podcast gets a curse. Don't worry, Josh will bleep it out later. But I haven't used one. <laughs> the, the jury is still out if Chris has used one. Vilma, whenever you are ready, no matter when you use it, just let us know that you're going to curse and we will celebrate it. Okay, well, this, on this one, I'm not going to curse. I'm going to take the high road. Oh. I'm going to say we had five turnovers that game. Right. We 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 didn't play our best football. We, and for all intents and purposes, got kind of got a little ahead of ourselves. We had won 33 straight or 34 straight before that. So it was just one of those games where we just assumed we were going to win. And I'm not saying we took Ohio State lightly at all. I'm just saying that with all the turnovers, with all the bad that happened in that game, Sean, I mean, Sean Taylor had an uh, interception in the end zone. He yeah. ends up fumbling it right back to Millie's Correct, and then they get the field goal. So of all the bad things, we still should have won the game. Mm. We got robbed on a, on a I'm going to curse now, on a bull <laughs> call mm. by the referee, who I still think was paid off by the Big Ten. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, because that was a, I'm going to curse again, sorry, a bull call. So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that game still stings, if, if you can tell. It still burns inside. Um, uh, me and Will Smith, when we're on the Saints, we used to talk about that game all the time. We used to get into some extremely heated arguments, almost lost a friendship over it, dealing with Will Smith and him talking trash about that game. It was one of the greatest but, games of college history. You did get hosed with that call. Yeah. And it's funny you brought up that play with uh, uh, Sean Taylor because that's the play I felt like changed the game. You guys are going to kind of in it control. Did. He intercepts the ball. He's it running did. down the field. And Claret strips him and takes it right back. It really did. And that put three points on the board. And sure enough, that's what we, we go into overtime because of that instead of winning by three. Regulation. Okay, so here's here's my other question. I want to know if you had to take one guy from those teams. Mm. One, I want your number one player. Not you can't pick yourself, but if you had to pick one guy out of those Miami teams, who would be your first pick? Ooh, fantasy draft Miami edition. I know. I mean, we're talking Ed Reed. You probably you even got the end of. Did you get the end of the Edger and James era, or did he leave just before you got there? This was. End of the Edwin James era, it was the Clinton Porridge, Frank Gore, Wilson McGee era. Shocky. Is it going to be Jerome McDougal? Shockey. 
You know what? I'm just so, the one guy I'm going to take, because I, I respect the hell out of him, I think he was a tremendous not only player but leader, was Edry. I'd have to take Edry. Uh, I had a feeling you were going to go there. That, that I mean, yeah. that's hard to argue. That's maybe the greatest yeah. safety in the history I, of football. I think Edry because, yeah, because he was not only a tremendous college player, we all, we've all we seen his decorated NFL career, but he was a tremendous leader. He actually taught me a lot of how to be a leader, how to how to have fun when it's time to have fun, how to work when it's time to work, and then not only work, but be the first at everything, compete in everything you do, and then make sure everyone uh, steps up to your standards and, they, and your expectations. And I mean, he, he, I was around him for literally two years, and man, I respect him. He was a great leader, great guy. I have to take him first. All right, I want to play a game with Vilma called Finish the Sentence. I'm going to need some music. For, oh, we can't do music because Vilma's on the line. All right, Vilma, we're doing finish the sentence. Trying to okay. guard Darren Sproles is? My worst nightmare come to life. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember uh, that. How, how fast is that guy, man? The guy is so quick. He, he, it, it's not the fast. It's the quick. Like, his, his three steps when he gets out of his break is like my one step when I finally realize that he's breaking and, and going to the flat. And it's just like, man, all right, you're going to eventually start to guess and try to anticipate. And if you guess wrong, oh, it's done. a touchdown. It's like literally a touchdown. All right, your favorite brand of paper towel is? A paper towel? Yeah. Yes, what the heck? <laughs> my favorite the correct brand of paper an- towel is... Braun, I guess. I oh, good one. Guess I'm so little... glad you picked Braun. That is awesome. I would have yeah, liked Bounty. Yeah. Quicker picker up. I would have gone with Bounty there, Vilma. Um, <laughs> he was taught to, what a jerk. He's trying to set you I'm up. I'm not setting him up. It's about time. Uh, Vilma, <laughs> Roger Goodell is? Oh, I used all my curse words. <laughs> we'll give you another one on the house. We'll give you a curse word on the house. No, you know what? Roger Goodell is a man who knows. Wait, first of all, know is not a word, so let me start over. Okay. Roger Goodell is a man who knew how to play the NFL politics mm. and worked his way up to where he is. Mm. And I'm not saying he's the smartest man in the world. I'm just saying he knew how to play politics. Vilma, do people still come up to you and ask you about bounties and all that stuff? Yeah, but it's always positive. That, that's the one thing. Yeah, I, that, you know, that's why I probably don't have uh, more harsher feelings for for Goodell because every time someone brings it up or they talk about it, they're always saying, "Hey, man, you got robbed. I'm glad you you stuck up to Goodell. I'm glad you showed everyone Goodell. You know, full of you know, you know what, uh, you know, all these things." And then you know. When you have these cases like Ray Rice, where he tried to say Ray Rice wasn't completely honest, and then comes to find out when it comes to light, he really was honest, then everyone brings back uh, the bounty. They're like, see, you you were the first one that showed that this guy is full of it, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I, 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 it's always been positive. I always appreciate people that come up and 
they followed and supported me. It's so crazy to me. I'm an Eagles fan. We were in a game called the Bounty Bowl. Right. And it seemed like to me the NFL treated bounties like it was this crazy thing that no one had ever heard of before. As a fan, as an <laughs> <No>. educated fan, <laughs> I always thought that bounties were a part of the game. I thought, And it was a part of the uh, game that I yeah. wanted to know about. And I talked to... Just go check Buddy Ryan when he, oh. when he put a bounty on the ticker for Dallas. And sure. Exactly. And I talked to Sims, and Sims like, dude, I bet you it's still happening today. It's so funny how that whole thing was treated when that's the ugly side of the sport that I think everyone really wanted to know about. It's the program. Uh, I agree. Yeah. And uh, I do think it's still going on. And I just was a, a part of a lot of teams that did it. So Really? Yes. Yes. I'm not going to out coaches or teams sure, right sure, now. Sure. But yes, it was a part of every yeah. locker room, meeting room that I was involved in. It is going on now. Vilma, do you the think NFL it's still going on? The NFL doesn't care either. They're just worried about their reputation and right. the media eyes. Vilma, right. do you think it's still going the on? Thing. Uh, yes, I think it's still going on. But this is the thing, Adam. So, NFL tried to portray it in a bad light, and that's not the case at all. But as soon as you put the label bounty on it, then everyone assumes negative. And it's not that at all. I mean, first of all, we're talking, you know, $100 here, 500 here, 1000 here, to guys that make millions of dollars. So it's not going to make or break anybody, and it's all about motivation. And so we're only trying to motivate. I'm trying to motivate by defensive linemen to go get a sack, by safety to go get a pick. I mean, anything to motivate them and get everyone excited about the game and keep them interested in the game, that's what it was all about. So it was all for the positive, and it was like a positive reinforcement. But then you have, you know, Goodell come around and put the label bounty on, and all of a sudden it's negative. And all of a sudden now we're portrayed as, you know, these cheaters or these thugs, and, you know, it's not the case. I mean, I, I'm, I'm one, and you tell me if, uh, if I'm wrong, Vilma, but, I, I mean, I'll say this just – I didn't, never came across a player in the NFL that wanted to hurt anybody. So mm. that's where the whole thing exactly. got thrown out, too. Yeah, I think knock a guy out of the game through a nice, clean, hard hit and yeah. give him your best hit, sure, that's great. But, but I never, never was on, anyone hurt. Yes, I was never on a team or played against somebody where they were trying to hurt people. Mm. I was no, going to say. Because that's your livelihood. That's how you feed the kids. Mm. There's no way I'm going to want you to get hurt. Now you can't play. Now you can't, you can't support your family. And what's crazy is you use the word thug there, and there's a sense of ignorance that goes with the word thug. And I'm going to say this right now. Vilma's one of the smartest football players I've ever met. No doubt. You're a strong business owner. You're a person that has a head Thank on his you. shoulders. And in a, in a funny way, we've talked about this, you're a nerd, which is hilarious. So for the <laughs> fact that you were the one centered amongst all of this, it was mind-boggling to me once I got to know you. It didn't make any sense to me because they painted the picture like you were this senseless thug that was going off trying to kill the head. I think the phrase kill the head is the reason why this took such a dark turn. Yes, and taken literally, it is a very dark turn when you understand not a – I shouldn't say when you understand, but when you're trying to motivate players who they go out and they tackle, they hit, they put their bodies on the line for a living – you can't use simple words as, okay, guys, go out and try hard. Go out and play hard. Like, that doesn't register, and you have to find different ways to motivate guys. But, um, I mean, it, it's just funny that, as you said, with the word thug, you kind of equate it to ignorance, and you, 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 it fits this stereotype. And, you know, I remember talking with my attorney, Peter Ginsburg, while we are going through the whole process, and, you know, at one point he said, I think you are the centerpiece of this for a reason. And the reason was that I could fight it. I could 
speak intellectually, you know, I can get my point across without cursing out Roger Goodell or calling him names. And, and finally, 10 months later, showing that Roger Goodell really had no idea what he was doing. He was trying to make a mountain out of a mole. Mm. And, you know, in, in some respects, I'm kind of glad I went through it so people can kind of see what it is to deal with the NFL at times, how it is to deal with the NFL at times. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, and you put up a big fight. And I, I want to take it back. I would like to go back to the U because I realize that if I'm going to have Vilma on the show, I need more U stories. Well, that's and- what I wanted to say about the U anyways, too, because you called him a nerd. And I, I always think that's the funny thing about the U since I've met so many of these guys over yeah. the years now is everyone always looked up, oh, there's these thugs, these renegades. And Vilma, you can certainly tell me to shut up if you want. But, man, the, the yeah. majority of those teammates that Vilma played were, were – extremely cerebral, smart guys, almost nerdy-ish in the way they approach the game. And I, I think that gets yeah. lost at how much they were, the dedication was to the game and the, the art of football huh. that they put in. It's very, very true. We, a lot of us were smart. Most of us graduated, not all of us, but most of us graduated. And I think the thing that separated us from other teams was our competitive nature. We were just so competitive to the point where we would go out. We would, you know, we're college kids. We'd go out, we'd have fun, we'd drink, we'd party, five in the morning. But if, not even a coach, if one of the players, if an Ed Reed, if somebody said, hey, guys, we have seven on seven, Saturday morning, eight o'clock, everyone needs to be there, then everyone was there. Not only was everyone there, everyone was on time, and we went out, and we busted our bus and competed. And that's just the way, that's the only thing we knew. And that, that carried over into spring ball. That carried over into our off-season training. That carried over into training camp. So then we're going into these games, and we're, we we didn't know any other way to play. We didn't know how to unwind from being so competitive to the point where it wasn't good enough to just beat you 35 to nothing. We wanted to blow you out. We wanted to show everyone that we're just that much better than you. And it really had nothing to do. It had, I mean, clearly we had talent, but the fact that we had so, so many guys that bought into – our culture and our system of the least. That's what made it so great. I want to ask a few things. I love hearing the aha moment when you realize that a guy is special. So if you could quickly take me through, what was your aha moment with Sean Taylor? The moment when you went, this guy is next level special. My aha moment with Sean Taylor, I'll never forget. I had a hamstring injury in, pre- in training camp. <clears throat> Sean Taylor had an ankle injury. In training camp so we're both riding the bike and i put i set my weight to 222 pounds because that's how much i weigh so chantel looks over and he says oh what what bike program are you doing so i'm just doing a little mountain and the little hill program for the next 20 30 minutes so he's like okay i'm gonna do that too he goes to start punching his numbers and i just happen to look over and look at his weight when he's putting it in john taylor was 245 pounds and he was faster than me, more athletic than me, could cover any receiver, could tackle anybody. <clears throat> That's where I was like, ah, this guy <laughs> is, <laughs> he is a 245-pound safety that can literally do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. That's awesome. That's unbelievable. He was such a big guy. People such just don't realize. Yeah. What was your What was your aha moment for Frank Gore? Oh, that's an easy one. My aha moment for Frank Gore was in – high school we played high school ball together for three years and <clears throat> i remember he came he didn't say one word you know frank is naturally a quiet guy so we go into training camp no one knows who this guy is he's like 
150 pounds soaking wet, and they finally put him in. They put him in for literally one play in training camp. They, me and my friends were, were all hyped up. We don't know who this little scrawny little 150-pound kid is. And sure enough, he takes it the distance. We're like, holy, I can't curse, but I'm like, holy, who was that? Who was that guy running the ball? So we're like, all right, well, he's not going to do it again. Come on, defense, come on, let's go, guys. We're, we got to stop this guy. Gets the ball again, touchdown again. We're like, aha, okay, that guy's our starter, and he's pretty damn good. So we got to make sure we put him on the field. And then sure enough, he went into college. I told everyone about him in college and because he was a year behind me, and no one believed me because we had Willis, we had Portis already. I said, I promise you, as soon as this guy gets on campus and touches that ball, he's going to score. I promise you, you're going to see. And sure enough, he did it in training camp. He did it versus the threes. They had to bump him up. He did it versus twos. They had to bump him up. And then he started splitting reps with Portis with the one. Wow. All right, last one. I was going to ask you about Andre Johnson. Did you play with Vince Wilfork? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the heck was Vince Wilfork as a college kid? Like, how much was Vince Wilfork eating in college? (laughs) (laughs) It's safe to say Vince Wilfork was eating just as much as he's eating now. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, dude. He looks like he's running around with a beanbag. Oh, trust me. I I was working in New England, and he's awesome. So before I uh, play on his belly here – but man, it is, it's yeah. something enormous. It's amazing. Was it that yeah. big back then, Vilma? It was, it was just as big. But I will say this Vince Wilford would make all of his 110s on the 110 test. I believe time. it. No really? doubt. Yeah. And, and the 110 is he the would sprinting beat you in a, backs. He would beat you in a he race. Would absolutely yeah, all beat day. Me in a race. I know. It's so it would be, we would do 110 yard sprints, 18 of them. Wow. We had to make them. Um, he, he was a D lineman. So he had to make them in 18 seconds with a 45 second rest, 1810 yards strength. He made every single one of them, wow. every time. Yeah, he's impressive. Every time. I bet you it was nice yeah. to have him in front of you as linebacker. I can only imagine what that was like. It was a great feeling. <laughs> you know, we, we we used to talk about because I got drafted 12 and he got drafted. I believe it was 21 right. to uh, to New England that year. And uh, we used to talk about it. Anytime he'd get mad, you know, I just start like pushing his buttons. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm the reason that you went number twelve. <laughs> That's the reason that I picked you." Start getting mad. I just laugh. I die laughing. But uh, it, was, it was special, man. He demanded a double team. There was no way that you couldn't double team him, or else he was making the play. I mean, it, was, it was special. It was great to play. Great, great to play behind him. Awesome, John. You are the man, dude. Thanks for joining us, brother. No, thank you, guys. See you, dude. Have a good week, yeah, man. We'll see you on Thursday. If you hit up the beach, uh, you know my phone number. Man, I know. I know. i got to get this weather right. Talk to the, to the sun gods. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll work on it. Good <laughs> shit, All right, guys. See you, dude. Oh, oh swear word by Lefko. Oh. He said it. Oh. He said it. I really am one. That year. I can't believe that just came out. The U. The what U. a waste. The U is what unreal. What a waste of a curse word. The one thing I always think when, when I get in these conversations with the U is uh, my my junior year, I blew the Big 12 championship game against Colorado. And if we won, we would have gone on and played Miami in the Rose Bowl that year. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying we would have beat them. How good does that sound? This is real. Yes, it is real. It's not really you peeing. This, this is the first time having a second beer on the podcast. Wow. I've been, I, I, You'll be okay. I was upset that I lost my FIFA game. 
<laughs> I'm such a dork. Speaking of dorks, Josh is not a dork. <laughs> Steven Nelson, not a dork. I am a dork. And I think the thing we're all excited for, can I tell you that Steven's segments make me happy on the inside? I know they do. They really do. Yes. Because they're hilarious. Right. Jonathan Vilma, I'm glad we get to talk about Bounty Gate. I'm glad that people come up to him and and tell them that, that it was actually beneficial, and they see him in a different light because of it. Uh, it it's so ridiculous, the Bounty Gate thing altogether. Uh, there's so many guys in the NFL that could have gone down for that. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that whole thing. I think that was... Uh, truly a debacle by mm. the NFL, just to save face. But I don't think they we realized how questionable it was until all these other things started happening this year. Yeah, maybe you're right. Because I think Roger Goodell was still the man that was ruling with an iron fist. And yeah. I think he was given yeah. a lot of credence. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I think, too, what, what owners get scared of and Roger Goodell gets scared of is... Public perception. Her public perception. The, they don't want the inmates to look like they're running the asylum. Mm. And there it looked like, oh, man, this, these, we got these renegades out here. They're there trying to hurt video. and kill people. This is scary. Yeah. We got to get control of these, these crazy football players. Yeah. That was what it was. When, come on. The NFL could care less. I mean, the NFL, they drug test only because they can say they can drug test. Uh. Oh, we've tested you. They give you financial classes, so when you go broke, they can say, well, we gave them all the right classes. Uh, I don't know. That was their fault. Right. Uh, okay, whatever. And NFL. you're a person that you love the NFL. I love the NFL, but there are some it's your uh, first love. hypocritical crap that goes on, uh. Uh, the business side of it. Uh, even, I love when you get fiery about even, this. Even, the, like, you know, hey, I was a quality control guy, right? I was the, the bitch boy for the New England Patriots. Uh, I really was. I was uh. the bitch boy. For the offensive staff, I was a scouting assistant. Uh, those guys make no money. If you're not from a rich family, how much you can't you even get on a job. How much you make? $20,000. So you were how old? $20,000, less than minimum wage. I was 30, well, it was two years ago, 32. 32. You're working how many hours a week, would you oh, say? Over 100. Over 100 hours a week, and you were making $20,000. Yes. I think that's another thing. You want to talk about the NFL. Like, that's got to be fixed. Unless your dad's rich or you're rich. Which I you told me that there's a lot of guys in the front offices that, that work their way up who come from very wealthy families. There's no Aren't doubt. even necessarily big football people. Exactly. That's another issue. That's why I tell friends all the time. They go, you know, oh, how do these some of these front offices make this decision? I said, listen, we have people in this office, office who know more than some of these people in front offices. Just because they have a fancy symbol on their business card doesn't mean they know crap because mm. I just was around too many of them who, hey, how'd you get this job? Oh, my dad knows the owner. Oh, my dad's friends with the GM. Oh, my dad was the quarterback of the New York Have Giants. Have you played football? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm sure they, people do say that. Right, uh, right. But I can guarantee Bill, my dad never made a call to Bill Belichick. I said, could you please give Chris a job? Uh, <laughs> I did that all myself. I earned that all myself. Oh, dude. So, hey, when you but, play in the league for as long as you did. But I understand. But, yeah. I, but that is my big problem with front office football right now, the NFL that and then the quality control thing it's a big issue it's not fair to some of these young kids young college hmm. guys who have good good minds know a lot about football and they want to break grind. into business they're willing to do the work but they can't support themselves to even go through the grind because hmm. they don't get paid enough to actually make it all happen i think that was cleansing for chris it's that a, felt good didn't it well no it's just one of those things it's like my running back theory it's the same thing. It just thinks if I was commissioner, those are the things that I'd fix. Gotcha. Running back, running back, your running back thing is they should have their own salary cap. Right. Exactly right. I mean, you look like a guy like Alfred Morris. He's going to be like top five, six rusher in the NFL for the fourth year in a row. Right. He's making the rookie minimum, 
and he's going to get paid nothing for the next contract. Because he's going to get hurt, possibly He's, he's next a running year. back. He's right. in year five or six. His career is almost over. So the NFL, in my opinion, got to find a way to get these guys some money, especially earlier in their career, performance base that doesn't count against the salary. And people, if you have a child out there that is playing running back, teach them how to catch the ball <laughs> and maybe make them a slot receiver because Seriously. they make a lot more money. It's just uh, one of, playing running back in the NFL, I think it's the most – physically demanding position in all of sports and I don't think anybody could really give it justice until you were on a field whether mm. pregame or training camp and you get to see the size of the players that are hitting some of these running backs on a play-to-play basis I am always amazed at the size of our next special person <laughs> I am too I always look for him. I'm not going to finish the sentence. I'm just going to let it breathe. I always look for him, and then I don't see him, and then I look down, and I do see him. And there he is. That was I like a high joke. That was a high joke. Oh, I was. Maybe. Because I'm short. I do like the new song Japanese. for Steven. What do you think, Steve? I mean, I feel like doing some things to this music, but. You're half <laughs> Japanese, first I'm of all? Half Japanese, yes. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Mom's full. Hi, Mom. The term is Hapa. 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 The Hapa. I love the Hapa. <laughs> not not the TV service or but, whatever the hell that is. And then your dad is is my is, dad is is as he's white. He's white. He's, he's Caucasian. Yes, yes. Yes. He is Norwegian and Italian. Wow. It switchly the switchly quickly changed subjects from sexual music to my ethnicity. I'm okay with it. Yeah. You have to realize that I have been around Chris when he's met people, mm. and 80 percent of the time he asks about their origin. He's very interested in where people are from and their heritage. Yeah. Dad's from Chicago. Mom's family all on the islands of Hawaii. That's and, cool too. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Are you going to bring us over? Can we do the podcast from Hawaii? Oh my goodness. Hawaii. We should do it live from the from the bowl game coming up. I think if we put you on like six inch stilts, we could. Have you go around New York City and be like, hey, would you like to meet Marcus Mariota? And I think people <laughs> will fall for it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Viral know. videos. DJ Fendrick, would you care to do the honors? Mm. Got three topics for you like I do every week. Mm. This song going to stay? Is this uh, the new? It'll change next week. Aaron Rodgers. Baby. I know Chris Sims just got all hot and sweaty over there in <laughs> that leather chair. Made his 100th career start on Monday night, beating the Falcons for win number 68. One more win and he'll have a lot of sexual jokes on the internet being made. <laughs> it's the same number of wins as Brett Favre had through 100 starts. Afterwards, he enjoyed another peanut butter and jelly sandwich in grape crush soda. I'm curious. Yes. What was your guys' favorite post-game snack? Ooh. Chris is gonna be weird. <laughs> no, I uh, I usually after a game as an NFL player, you're starved because you've eaten so far before the game. You don't want to eat too much because you don't want to feel weighed down. So after the game, it was literally like, man, what can I stuff my face with? Whatever was available, but I was usually gonna go with something really unhealthy with a lot of calories, like bacon burger, fries, Coke, chocolate shake. Like I was starved. I would say in my high school basketball career, yeah. um, <laughs> I would probably say I had a lot of Wendy's with a what was the what was their thing? They Frosty Frosties, yeah, yeah. I would have a Frosty and a Dollar Junior Bacon Chee. Uh, I never got into Wendy's Square Burger. Don't get it. Sorry. I'm with you. Burgers uh, around. They're ten times better than the other burgers. Would Bur- you like a microwave disc? Well, I do Burger King. I would never get a Burger, Burger King from pretty McDonald's. Bad. I would Burger never. King is pretty awesome. Uh, good, awesome. Would good. you do onion rings too? No. Zesty sauce? No. 
Just give me a burger. Chocolate shake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots well, of fries. I mean, not vanilla. You never had vanilla pudding, so why would you get He's a chocolate shake? guy. I yeah. would do vanilla shake, so I really I would go chocolate, then strawberry, then vanilla. That would be wow. Even right like a shakes. vanilla bean. Vanilla uh, bean is actually oh, delicious. Oh, God. Better than chocolate? Yes. Man, you guys are crazy. You, you are. don't know what you're missing with chocolate. Coming from a guy who didn't eat a bagel in his life till last week. Oh, he is the king of that's what she said stuff. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of that's what she said. DJ Fendrick, spin that. Oh, thank you for getting back to where we were. Because here comes the note. That doesn't get you ready for this next one. I don't know what does. Bro code and spray tan. Those two things have been in the news this past week. A Lions fan wrote a note to another Lions fan that his pregnant wife was texting another man during the football game. Also, DeMarco Murray, a.k.a. Spray Tan, was accused by Brendan Clay, former teammate, of sleeping with his wife. Oh. Lions tight end Joseph Ford thought Russell Wilson did the same thing, but he later retracted. I'm curious. Your number one... Where I'm really. Go? I'm so nervous. You got me all over this. Oh story. my gosh! I got. I'm gonna ask you questions now. <sighs> Your number one rule of bro code oh. is what? Oh. <laughs> well. You are squirming over there. Well, for a I little think bit. you've set the table for what your number one bro code is. You mm. don't touch another man's woman. My number one code uh, has been broken by somebody in this office who told my wife that I was flirty. You're still going to hang up on that? <laughs> and I got Mark Cohn here, BR Big Shot, who can vouch for me. No. Uh, but that's fact- what he did. He told my wife at and breakfast. Wait, just for people, it hasn't been made clear yet. The he in this story is? Adam Lefko, okay. the one that we are doing this podcast with. Yes. He told my wife I was flirty. And my, flirty, my I wife mean, is really what? cool. Flirty. Language. <laughs> really cool. My wife's really She's cool. She's a very cool lady. But... Any woman. A comment's like that, it's going to come out at the wrong time. It's going to come up again. I was saying it to defend him, Stephen. He was like, yeah, I was talking to this girl from work, and I said, you know, Chris is one of those guys. Everyone likes him at work. He's a flirty guy. Wasn't even talking about just women. He's flirty with guys. He touches me. He touches you. Yeah. But guess what? Yes, one month. Ethnicity. Yeah, about you just yeah, like that's Once a first date question. Me. Yeah, weird. Well, a month later, a month later, you know what happens? What happened? His wife. Hey, Chris. Um, Remember when Adam said you were flirty? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I had told the bosses here at Bleacher Report that Lefko had done it. Uh, and they were all with me because I was like, it's going to come up. It's just a matter of when. Yes. So that's, I'm guessing that you're just going to – that was that's a pretty good trait. Yeah. yeah, That's number one. I mean, what else is it going to be? I don't know. Oh, don't that's foul too hard and pick question. up. Like, what is it gonna, what's going to be number two? I don't even know what number two is. Number one and the only don't rule is – Don't steal my bro tank. Don't touch, don't touch my spray tan. <laughs> well, it's like the video we saw on YouTube a few weeks ago. Oh, you yeah. showed me that was it Pizza Hut. Yeah, Why gets... is Pizza Hut calling you at midnight? <laughs> Maybe I want a free pizza. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, guys, it's it's not worth it. Or girls, apparently these are all girls. Yeah, women, man. Yeah, it's not worth. They'll it. get you in trouble. I'm gonna be a monk. Gosh, no, you're not. Speaking of women, let me take it back now. Y'all. I feel like women would love this song. Last one, the college football playoff announced its final four. The first ever final four, Alabama at one, Oregon at two, Florida State at three, and Ohio State at four. Here we are, getting to December. I want you to give your inaugural top four Christmas movie playoff. 
Christmas, Christmas movies. movies. Okay. God, you really you take have, it in a different direction. You have to see the movies, one through four. Well, well, Christmas Vacation is number one on my list. Uh, it's number two on my list. Christmas Vacation would be one on my list. Uh, what was your? What's your number one? My number one is Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it is. There's ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. <laughs> You're right. It's, it gets me in the spirit. Uh, I don't celebrate Christmas. That's a good it's point. It's a different Christmas. My two will be Christmas vacation. My three will be Elf. And then I don't know my fourth. Ooh, I'll elf. have to think. I'm a, I'm a classic guy. Miracle on 34th Street, the original. Mm. That's going in my top somewhere. So do you like oh, a I Christmas story then? I do like a Christmas story but too. Not, but you're not putting it in your top four. No, I think I would put okay. Christmas story in my top four. And then I'm missing another one. There's another good – I feel like there's a comedy I'm missing. Elf is pretty strong in my household. My kids love Elf. I'm going Die Hard, Christmas Vacation, Three is Elf, and Four – is Jingle All the Way, starring wow. Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. Sinbad in a raucous comedy where they fight over a flying doll. Oh, it's amazing. And he goes, Turbo Man. What, no. Turbo Man. Is that uh, it? Do you even know what I'm talking about? I do. I've seen it. Yes. Oh. It's actually pretty funny. It's so ridiculous. It is. Uh, it's, it's not bad, though. I, 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 it's better than Die Hard. Any Christmas, any movie, any family movie that has a montage where people are, you could play any song and I'll create a montage right now. Do it. Um, where like they're chasing something or they're like running and slipping. It's like Sinbad turns the corner. He's like, oh no, that's my toy. And he slips and Arnold's like, no, it's my toy. And he <laughs> jumps and then like there's a kid's like, mom, no. It's great. I love that stuff. That was a good impersonation. Your Arnold is spot on right there. My Christopher Walken morphs into a Rick Pitino, <laughs> but my Arnold Schwarzenegger is pretty good. My Christopher Walken is... I feel like you and Cam Cam Louder are one of our NFL he's pretty, producers. He's a producer. You guys have, can have Schwarzenegger impersonation They're great impersonators. She's not just another notch in your belt. She's a good girl. That's my Walken. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's all. That's the only line I could do effectively. And then it becomes Rick Pitino? And then it's like, Russ Smith didn't pass the ball. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think my fourth, though, would be like Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh. One of those like old school cartoons, like Frosty the Snowman, the holiday movie. You know what I'm talking about? That yeah, one. Yeah. Like, I literally will sit on the couch with my kids and be like, oh, this is interesting. Let me sit down and watch this. Uh, it's better than uh, Ace Ventura 2 When Nature Calls, which is one of your three you top watch movies your ever. Mouth. So, some <laughs> movies that you guys TCU'd and Baylor did. Yeah, mm, leaving okay. them out of your top four. They deserve to be TCU'd or Baylor'd. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Very old school. Yeah, a little too slow at times. Home Alone. Oh, that's a good one. Aha! Home Alone's amazing. That was, Home Alone might be in the top I'm gonna four. I'm going to knock out. I'm going to keep in Jingle all the way. I'm going to remove Christmas Vacation. Wow. Yeah, I'm that is a alone. That yes. is a big drop. That is a TCU for three to six. I like untraditional six. things. Gosh. Your like move, well, your your movie critic is you're way down if the list. Christmas now, look, I can't say the S is full from the movie Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation was a fantastic movie, but Home Alone to me was more enjoyable. Home Alone's pretty awesome. Hey, by the way, just getting back to the real college thing, I am so glad with the Final Four. I'm really pleased with it. I really am. Ohio State was one of the four best teams I saw in college football this year. Glad they got in. I know the Big Ten wasn't real strong, but the way they won with backup quarterbacks. And then, listen, Urban Meyer, they, that plays a factor into this. It's Urban Meyer. He is the best coach in college football other than Nick Saban for the last 15 years. 
And you have to have a little confidence in him and what he can do. I'm looking forward to both of those matchups. I'm interested to see if Jimbo Fisher can come up with a good game plan to slow down Stevens' Oregon Ducks. Mm. What do you think, Stephen? I, I think the matchups yeah, were They're perfect. Totally as Oregon Ducks. Oh. To have Saban against Herb oh. on one side, and then you have Jameis against Marcus. I mean, that is like Pretty awesome. evil versus... Not evil. What's that? <laughs> good. 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 Yeah. Uh, wow, I really overthought that. One. <laughs> but uh, no, I look. I do you like the the Ford? Oh, I'm I'm infatuated with it because yeah. if it was TCU or Baylor versus Nick Saban, I mean that one was going to be like all right. And after the first quarter, it's forty nine to seven. I, agree. I would not. I, I would not be interested in that. I agree. And and if yeah. everyone's going to take shots at the Big Ten, let's take shots at the Big, Big 12. Twelve. I agree. What the heck is the Big Twelve? I agree. And if if Ohio why State only, didn't, make why are there only ten teams? Yeah, that's another. Discussion. Yeah, the Big Twelve. That right. I mean, that's an issue. I went to the Big Twelve, so I'm one that yeah. you know I normally would stick up for it. But I agree. I think the Big Twelve is probably a better conference than top the Big Ten bottom. this year, top to bottom. Right. But uh, I would put Michigan State, uh, Ohio State. And I know I didn't see a lot of Wisconsin this year, but I would put those top three against any of those three in the Big 12. Ohio they would State make a game. is a great football team. TCU and Baylor are good schemes. I think they have a winning scheme, and I have a lot of respect for Patterson and Bryles. I think they're both very good coaches. Right. You cannot even be in the same conversation as Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. The defensive line of Ohio State, Maybe the best in America. The running back athletes of Ezekiel Elliott and Curtis Samuel are unbelievable. Their wide receiver talent is fantastic. I have watched way too much Ohio State this year. Yes. Because my girlfriend's an Ohio State right. fan. They are so much better than those. You do not allow 61 points or 58 points, whether you're TCU or Baylor, and then think you're going to compete with Alabama. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. I'm glad that it's only four. All this talk about expanded to eight. Expanded to six. I mean, look at the debate, the discussion. I want eight. I want eight. You want eight? But then yeah. you look at the teams that are right there at seven and eight now. It's like, mm, Yeah, the that. same argument's going to always play in. Right. And, but the teams at nine and ten, seven, eight, nine, ten, who gets in, who, who gets left out, I just don't think it's It's funny because it makes me look at the NCAA tournament when we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that 65th team didn't get in. We're like, yeah. oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Same thing. Now, right. now, well, now, it's like, now it's like, okay. Now, now that I've seen a four-team playoff, when it gets to Team 65, I'm going to be like, okay, no, you had no argument. You blew your chance. I would like to see six. I really would. Six, I would huh? Yes, I would like to see six, just like one side of an NFL playoff bracket, give the top two seeds a first-round bye, mm. and then you okay. get the other games. I like that. I think it would also be an, an incentive for being a top-two team, having that bye, a big advantage. The problem I had with the whole system was the weekly ranking show, which, uh, I mean, doing that show every week is essentially bullshit. I loved it. Bam. There's my text word. Oh, my, I like my, it. My curse word. Your text word. My huh? text word. Uh, because when you put TCU at three the week before the final rankings and then they fall to six after winning, granted it was a Iowa State. Right. So it wasn't a big-time opponent, but they they passed the test the way they were supposed to, and then they dropped three spots because you did that show every week. It was a ratings and money grab. It was a smart play oh, to do it. that. I'm a but TV it set nerd, them up for that, the criticism that – the committee is getting now speaking of criticism i'm upset that i lost the picks last week and it is time to make new picks with new music at steven nelson that order so steven will present it and i'm up two and you have one so good luck you can tie it up this week are you sure about that 
Yes, you're sure it's, you're it's, about winning, it's about winning the week. I know, but I mean, are you sure? Nobody else keeps track of anything I'm the else only we one do that around I will here. keep track of this because yeah. I'm winning. <laughs> and as soon as you take the lead, I will not keep track of it anymore. <laughs> the first game, a meeting hey, hey. in the AFC South, the Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts. Go ahead. All right. Um, I love J.J. Watt. I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I... I know that you're taking the Texans. I'm going to go Colts. Okay. You knew that? You heard me say that already this you week? You said it in a video. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did. Damn. So you're, you're – Yeah, I, I am going. I picked Houston in the, my picks for the Because you think Indiana showed a lot of weakness against Cleveland. I think they just are not playing well, really, the last three weeks. I did the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They didn't play great that day. Right. Uh, they kind of struggled uh, against the Redskins – uh, the week before that, and then weren't sharp against the the uh, Browns this past weekend. They were pretty sharp against Washington. They yeah. had a few seventy yard touchdowns. Well, you're right. It took them a while to get going sure. in that game. That's what I guess. I'm no, sure it was. You're right. It was so. very close at halftime. So, uh, but but uh, yeah, I, and I think the Texans are they're fighting for their lives here. Uh, I think I, think I just mind. stole one from you because of your pick. <laughs> That's huge. That's a huge early lead for Lefko. <laughs> the second game, the Miami Dolphins against the. New England Patriots. Uh, you can go first. I'm picking the Patriots. I'm picking the Patriots. I mean, come on. Let's not even waste our breath on that. That yeah. was short. Game number three. <laughs> New Orleans against the Chicago Bears. The reason I put this one on the slate. I like it. Is because I don't. I can't trust either of them. Exactly. Teams. They're so bad, we don't know what can happen. The New Orleans Saints are the team at the end of the year are going to go, what opportunity did we just blow? <laughs> and the Chicago Bears are the ultimate, to me, the most disappointing team in the NFL. I think the Chicago Bears are the most disappointing team in the NFL. With that being said, this game in Chicago. It is. Doesn't matter. I'm taking the Saints. I think the New Orleans Saints are the most disappointing team in the NFL. It's funny, really? Yes, because I, I think I had higher expectations for the Saints this year. I, I think you I still question the Chicago defense preseason. Yes, I did have questions there. Where New Orleans, I, I think I picked them to win home field advantage in the playoffs. You're absolutely. I right. had them losing, but You're I think right. I had them winning the home field advantage. Uh, I'm going with New Orleans as well, though. I okay. have no faith in that Bears. You team. think Jimmy Graham actually gets some catches this week? Uh, you, you would think so. Do you think the Chicago Bears are actually handing the ball off to Matt Forte? I don't know. We'll see. These these teams. Who are these coaches? I know, sometimes they just uh, they lose sight of the big picture. I don't know what else to say. Mm. Before we get to game number four, oh. a Simpson Lefko podcast well wishes sent out to friend of the program, Brandon Marsh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big B Marsh. Seriously. I mean, uh, Be better. that was a, a, Sorry, a big, scary. tough shot there. Yes, very scary. So wait, if we have a curse, and you have you have Vic that got benched, Marshall that got hurt, right? What could happen to Vilma if he's not even playing? He might lose his voice and will be unable to do videos with Bleacher. He'll lose his upset pick again this week. Oh, he loses that a lot. Maybe he gets <laughs> diarrhea. Wow, that's great. Thanks, Vilma. Sorry, Vilma. Good luck. <laughs> Game number four. Battle in the NFC West between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Did you this pick five is... games? Yep. Okay. You said you were only to pick three. Yeah, well, now we're up to five. All right. I mean, I'm not wasting my breath. Seattle. Seattle. Okay. I mean, geez, San Francisco 49ers. Well, it really was three because two of them we went, eh, whatever. Yeah, New England. Right. Eh, no, whatever. Seattle. Now let's get to the golden one. 
Last but certainly not least on the program, the Dallas Cowboys looking for Thanksgiving Day revenge against Adam Lefko's Philadelphia Eagles. Well, we know where this is going. Yeah, Lefko's picking Philadelphia. Chris, who you picking? And Chris is picking the Cowboys. I don't even think Chris could pick the Eagles if I thought they were going to win. I don't think I could do it just because I want to <laughs> pick the That's the thing is, neither of us can actually make a decision. Like The decision's <laughs> already been made for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys. I really do think the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, Any wagers between you and the Lefko family for this game? We'll get one midweek. Yeah, we'll see. And of course come- he wants one now. He, he, he was, couldn't find them last week. <laughs> He's going to listen to this. I know. I hope he does. <laughs> I haven't even met Bruce yet. But I can't wait to meet him and just go, Bruce. <laughs> that does happen to him a lot. I'm sure. I mean, Bruce, how can it not happen? Wow. All right. So what do you think the Eagles' chances are? They, they're very good. Really? Yes. I mean, they're, the Eagles are I don't are know, man. I think Dallas come off that 13 days rest. Yes, they're going to be well-rested. It'll be a different Dallas team you play this time. Plus, they're going to be pissed off that they got beat the way they did by you guys. Uh Really, guys, you guys are the, one of the only defenses this year their offensive line didn't thoroughly dominate. They even uh, did well against the Seahawks. So, I know. I know. And uh, it's, it's, I, I'm excited for that game. I think that is the most exciting matchup of the week next week. And uh, there's nothing that pleases me more when the Eagles lose and I can watch left go squirm. Are you willing to bet some more food? Yes, I am. Okay. Banana. Banana, huh? Shut oh. your mouth, Fendricks. Banana. Banana. <laughs> The best part is, is if you have to eat a banana, yes. I just want to. Ent- I want someone to walk in the room with a banana, going banana, 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 banana. Oh, it'll definitely be me, first of all. But what I was going to say was, if it's a banana, can't be a cut up banana. Oh, like yeah. it's got to just be. Yeah, I banana, don't even know. You peel it. Oh, and that's he doesn't want to. Do we'll that. say. I'm not even committing to banana. <laughs> I'm not committing to that. We will see. Rice pudding. We will see. I mean, banana. You might have to wager banana versus a thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. Vilma was awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed having them. Yeah. Picks are in. I feel really good about them. I'm sure you do. How do you feel, man? Five weeks into a podcast. Five weeks into a podcast. You know the only thing I'm not looking forward to? What? Is finding the next guest. Because uh. <laughs> that is a pain in the butt. We're going to find somebody. We always do. Yes, we do. Because on the Sims and Left Go podcast, it's about the way you move. It's about the way you groove. It's when you go to the dentist and he says, there's something wrong with that brown tooth. And you say no. It's the flow that I know in which I go that is filled with soul. And eventually I take it down to the flow and I say no, baby, no. I don't know what the words that come out of my mouth. Sometimes these ratings, they go south. I'm going to punch you where the words come out. I'm going to make your girl and your woman shout. We learned today that's a cardinal sin. (laughs) The bro code, you ain't letting that dude in. (laughs) And as I laugh to some Chris Sims laughter, I say, hey... Oreos, can I got a goddamn sponsorship, please? I can't handle it anymore, and we like your cookies. <laughs> That's all I got. That was good. That was Thank good. you. Other than the brown tooth part. Do you know someone with a brown tooth? I don't know. <laughs> Episode 5, Sins of Love Go Podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. Tell your friends to subscribe. Go on Twitter and follow the Twitter profile of at Sims and Lefko. That is Josh Fendrick, our producer, running it. He does a great job. And uh, why don't you send us... Tweet us food that Chris Sims should eat if he loses a bet to my dad, Bruce Lefko. Have a great day.